Welcome to Leadership in 10, a podcast meant to encourage, inspire, and give insight into what it looks like to lead well during the current pandemic. It's also meant to be a space where we can engage in authentic dialogue about the challenges we're facing right now. I'm Jennifer Cho, and I'm happy to be speaking with Lauren Hessian, our Divisional Vice President for the Southern Region of Knoll today. Welcome, Lauren, and thanks for being here today as we seek to connect with our leaders across the constellation during these strange and extraordinary times. The goal of our time is really to hear any insights or advice or tips that you have for how we can lead well in the midst of these circumstances. I know I'm always struck by how highly the people who work for you speak of you. And in my observation, you seem to have a multiplying effect on the people you work with. They become stronger, more effective leaders, oftentimes are promoted. So obviously, you're doing something right that I think we'd all like to learn from. So first off, why don't you share with us a little bit about your background, role, location, and what your life looks like right now? Great. Jennifer, thank you. I'm thrilled to be a part of this today. So a little bit about my background. I had a bit of a crazy path to finding my passion in sales and sales leadership. I was with the same company for almost 24 years, and I made it my job to collect as many experiences as I could. And so I started as a chemical engineer, um, decided that wasn't quite the path for me. And I, I got a master's in finance and marketing. And so I went into a product manager job, moved into sales operations, e-commerce. During when my kids were little, I was Six Sigma trained and worked on some projects in manufacturing and finance and finally made it my way to sales and stayed there ever since. I love uh, working in sales and sales leadership and have been with Noel the last gosh, five years and um, started as a regional director here in Charlotte and now am the DVP for the Southern Division and uh, love working for Noel and my family's here in North Carolina. My husband and two teenage daughters uh, keep me quite busy outside of work. Well, that, that background, we could talk <laughs> about that for a really long time because that in and of itself is an education. But how fascinating that you had so many different roles. One of the things I wanted to ask you about, Lauren, was obviously we're in a time of transition right now. And in a lot of models on change and transition, the experts always talk about the importance of setting a solid sense of direction for people. So what did you do to create that sense of direction for your team once we all began sheltering in place? I think it's a great question. So, I mean, outside of just what we're dealing with today, I think in general, you know, business people always operate in a time of uncertainty. There's ambiguous situations, there's change. And recently, you know, you can say there's, you know, chaos. And one of the things that I really think help people navigate this is really having clear direction. So clarity, clarity, clarity. And I find it helpful that to get clarity, we all have to start with a common understanding or at least you know, acknowledgement of the current situation and, you know, show some empathy toward the situation at hand and what people are going through because every, you know, situation is different. And then from there, I think to your point, it's it's really important to set clear expectations. And, you know, if I just look at the situation with shelter in place, the what is expected of our people really hasn't changed, right? We we have to be clear. We are all here to sell no. I think what did change is the how. How are we doing this now in a new environment? And as leaders, it's up to us to be really clear on what those winning behaviors look like in this time 
and break them down into tasks with timeframes. And so, you know, we've got to set really clear direction. For example, set up calls with your dealers, take them through work from home and do it by Friday. We have to set up, you know, too many meaningful discussions a day with a client to discuss back to work. So that specificity is really important. And then, you know, as leaders, we've got to follow up. And I think that that repetitive behavior around clarity, specific direction and follow up, it keeps people motivated and focused. What do you do when maybe even for you, it's not always clear the path forward? I'm just curious some of your thinking around how do you determine direction in those situations since it is so important that you have clarity before you give it to the people who work for you. Yeah. I mean, I think that goes back to a little bit about ambiguity, right? So we're living in ambiguity, but to to use that as an excuse and do nothing, I think stifles an organization. So I always look at it as I got to pick a path. So let's pick a path. Let's be specific inspect, you know, are we getting the results that we thought? And then I go back and I listen and gain feedback and course correct, right? So, you know, we might not get everyone, we might miss the mark by a little bit, but through that feedback loop and looking through the results, we can start to diagnose and course correct. But I think the important piece is, you know, pick a direction, (laughs) got to move forward. So another thing that I heard about you, Lauren, was that you, uh, rather than give advice to people immediately that you're working with, you're great at asking questions to prompt them to find their own solutions. And I wanted to know, was that something that you've always done or is that something that you had to develop? <laughs> that Jennifer, that actually makes me laugh. Um, so I, I am a fixer by nature. So whether it's in my work life or my family life, my initial instinct is to jump in and fix it. And so for me, it's something I have to practice. I'm aware that that's a shortcoming of mine and I have to practice. And so the way I've practiced is to kind of come up with some common questions that I ask. And so I guess at the beginning, I feel like having the ability to problem solve always starts with a clear understanding of, you know, what is the problem we're trying to solve? And so that's the first question I'm asked, like, what are we trying to get to? And once you know, once we get that common understanding, a lot of times I'll ask about what options do we have, right? Because it gets the dialogue going, it gets people kicking around yeah. and usually ends up with a bunch of ideas, right? Some good, some bad, um, but at least it gets the conversation going. And then I'll try and steer the conversation. Well, you know, Jennifer, if we went down that path, what could the outcome be? Like, what what do you think will happen if we make that decision, And is this the outcome that you're really looking for? Um, And so I feel like, you know, by kind of coaching down that path, we get to an end point. And I always like to end it with, do you need my assistance in resolving the problem? So like if they have to have a difficult conversation with a dealer, you want me involved, do you want me on the call? And a lot of times I find it interesting, they end up coming back to me saying, you know what, I'm going to give it a try and I'll let you know if, if I need you. So That's usually where we land. How hard has it been for you when you feel like you know the answer or you know what you think you would do? How hard is it to stop yourself and wait to let them come to their conclusion? Yeah, um, it's incredibly hard, which is why (laughs) I find these questions like I have to kind of take the deep breath and work down the path. And 
what I've kind of learned actually through the process is where I thought I had the right answer, I may not have. And so by asking what options, there might be other options that I go, oh, I didn't even think of that. That's right. a good option. So I think it helps us both learn from each other. Yeah, it's like it really pays in the end Yeah, to do the work of that, although it's a little difficult. A couple more things. One thing somebody said yeah. about you that I thought was just fantastic. They said, Lauren believes in making you look good. And I love that. <laughs> what are a couple of things or what are some of the things you do to make sure that your people look good? Right. Well, just like I, I tell my kids, I tell my kids, you know, you're a reflection of me and your dad, right? You represent our family. I feel like that with people who work for me. I feel like, you know, where, how they behave and their results and their actions are a reflection of, you know, me, but also of Noel. And so I really like to coach and work with my team with that in mind. And so anytime they're preparing, whether it's for a client engagement that I'm involved in, or, you know, we have meetings with our leadership team frequently, um, I make sure they're prepared. We go through scenarios on, you know, not just what they're presenting, but what if you get asked these questions? Um, And I feel like through preparation, it gives people confidence to you know, do their job. How encouraging to, to be working for someone who wants to do that for you. Okay. So last question for you. This is so good. If you had to pick one behavior that you would encourage our leaders to focus on right now, what would it be? (laughs) Um, I would say, you know, especially right now that this is a stressful situation, right? I mean, whether it's, you know, your, your work and family balance businesses and I keep talking to my team and reminding myself to keep a cool, calm head. And and this is a hard one. I mean, staying yeah. calm and, you know, managing your own emotions during a difficult time really helps so that you're not affected by the emotions of others when there's a lot of turmoil. Um, and so, you know, sure. some of the couple of strategies, and I don't have all the answers to this one because this is work in progress, but um, first of all, I feel like if you plan. So, you know, anticipate a difficult discussion. Think about how the person's going to react. What are the dynamics in the room? Planning for this, you know, I think it's really important. The second thing I would say is practice. Before I'm getting ready to have a difficult conversation, I, I rehearse it. I rehearse it in my head. I rehearse it when I'm on the treadmill. I think about the scenarios. And so, you know, don't be embarrassed to practice and think through, you know, how the conversation's going to go. The other one is find a person. I think really everybody needs a person and whether you choose it in your work world or in your home life to be able to vent to, to, you know, wave your hands, get the emotion out so that when you're on the call or you're in the situation, you're just not, you know, that emotion doesn't come out, right? You stick more to the script that you've planned and practiced. Right. Um, And then I, I really think the last one is the hardest one, but the most effective and is to have perspective. Think about like, for example, in this time, there's a lot of emotion with our dealer partners, right? I mean, we're all driving to different goals. We've got different scenarios, you know, put yourself in their shoes, right? I, you know, I think this is more importantly today, whether it's a client or it's a coworker, like I said, our dealers, I did an exercise at a dealership that I, I, you know, we got some really good feedback where we asked everybody to stand up. And then I said, you know, when you sit back down, if you're a null employee, pretend you're at the dealership. And if you're at the dealership, pretend you're a null employee. 
And I asked them to negotiate a contract and dealers driven by margin and we're driven by volume and like just the dynamics of them arguing on a different side of the coin, I think opened a lot of eyes. So I would really at this point be keen on perspective and an understanding of what somebody else is going through so that you can get to a common goal. It's hard, but it's, I think it's effective. Well, I could talk to you for about 45 more minutes on this, but <laughs> I'm going to stop now because I think that's a lot of good info that people can take in and use right away. I cannot thank you enough for speaking with me today. And for those of you listening, if you have any input or thoughts about people we should have on or ideas for other podcasts, please contact learningdevelopment at noel.com. I will speak with you next time. Thanks again, Lauren. Great. Thanks, Jennifer.